Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. And as we do every year on this Friday, that is on the hills of SEC Media Days. We get the SEC predicted order of finish from the SEC Media in attendance. And, of course, we get it right here for the 2023 season and not too good for the Gators, which we predicted. <laughs> we predicted that the predictions were not going to be so high uh, for the Gators. You know, if you go through the preseason magazines through the summer, uh, preseason polls all, or you know, all the website polls that are out there, we knew this was probably likely for Florida uh, and they're probably going to be pegged fourth, fifth in the SEC East. And now we get it right here uh, that they have been selected, predicted fifth in the SEC East uh, this year uh, coming up. So also three Gators named to the all SEC team. They're all third team. We'll get into that here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Just kind of quick episode reaction of, you know, of the prediction. Uh, get out there. I'll try and get to some of your reactions uh, as well in the YouTube comments. You can throw them right there. Like and subscribe while you're right here on YouTube, while you're checking this out live right here midday uh, on this Friday. Everybody, thanks for uh, hopping in. They're not, uh, yeah, I, they usually release these things around noon Eastern, and that's uh, what happened here, but wasn't really too sure. When, you know, it, there could be some delays. So I didn't want to promise an episode at a certain time. So if you're joining me live, thank you so much right here uh, on the YouTube version. Uh, and if you're listening to the replay, thank you so much. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform if you haven't done so yet. Uh, but, uh, yeah, lots to go. Like, really good discussions going on this morning on the Gage Breakdown Plus Discord, by the way. Uh, talking, talking offense, talking to receivers, talking quarterbacks. Uh, if you go on Twitter, you can kind of get a preview uh, of some of the conversation going on there. Uh, and, you know, just really, really good stuff uh, this morning. So, hey, looking for new memberships there, of course. You can get uh, – take place take place in all those great conversations. I'm sure the conversation we're talking about right now uh, of Florida being predicted fifth in the SEC East will be a hot-button topic there as well. Uh, but, um, you know, that's uh, a lot, lot of good stuff, a lot of extra stuff coming your way on Gators Breakdown Plus uh, in the future as well. So, all right, let's get to it. Let's get to the predicted order of finish right here for the SEC. SEC put it out today, and there you go. If you're watching the YouTube version, it is up in podcast form. I'll go through it quickly right here with you. Predicted order of finish from the 2023 SEC media. Look at the East. No surprise the Georgia Bulldogs leading the way. Leading the way right there in the East, Tennessee second. No surprise there as, as well. What they did last season, uh, of course, they were going to be picking up a whole lot of hype this year, uh, you know, more so than they have been in the past uh, based off what they did last year. And then we were wondering what was going to happen third, fourth, fifth. You know, I think South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida um, were probably going to get love. Uh, I think you could peg Florida anywhere third, fourth, to fifth. I think just getting a gauge of where – how Florida's been discussed all week, how Florida's been discussed in preseason magazines, which where, you know, a lot of people, they don't follow Florida like we do. I don't Florida, I don't follow South Carolina like a lot of people. I don't follow Missouri like a lot of people. So a lot of people are going to get their uh, better feel for a team going through the preseason magazines, going through various websites out there, learning about the teams. And granted, you know, that's uh, part of it. Uh, but, you know, you're going to, yeah, not a lot of people know each and every you know, in and out each and every team out there for SEC. So you know, I was wondering how it was going to shake out, but I think the narrative of, uh, of Florida has been kind of 
written coming into SEC Media Days like it is every year through preseason magazines. Not a lot of, not a lot of love preseason magazines, so I think it's going to kind of shift itself over to the how SEC Media votes uh, as well. So South Carolina comes in at number three in the predicted order of finish. Kentucky number four, Florida number five, Missouri six, Vanderbilt seven. Uh, and how it broke out there, let me pull up the numbers for you. But uh, Georgia, no surprise, taking 265 of the first-place votes. Tennessee got 14, South Carolina three, Kentucky with one first-place vote. Florida, Missouri, Vanderbilt, somehow, this is lets me know people don't take this thing quite as serious. So, you know, I, I don't, look, it's a good talking point. Of course, I don't think we should take it that serious either. Uh, granted, if Florida's first, if Florida's second, Florida's sixth or seventh, or however it breaks out. But Vanderbilt got eight first-place votes. There is no logical explanation for that. You know, except for you know, there's people who are going to vote their team no matter what. So that just lets you know. I, I think most part people do take this serious for the for, for the most part, but you're also going to have these Kentucky with one first place. Look, that's one too many. That's not a slam at Kentucky. Kentucky's not winning the SEC East. Vanderbilt with eight is not winning the SEC East. I mean, it's uh, you know when I I didn't get the chance to vote in it this year like I normally do. You, you only if you make it in attendance you get to put your ballot out there, and you know of course, but I. I I always took this serious when I, you know, when you get the, or I think on Tuesday they send it to you. They want you to have it in by Thursday uh, when you put your ballot together. I took it serious, you know. And now, granted, there is going to be some Florida bias to it a little bit, but you know, if I didn't feel like Florida was going to win the SEC East, I'm not putting Florida winning the SEC East if I don't really believe it. <laughs> you know, I didn't do so last year when people picking Georgia. I've never, you know, never done it that way. So, um, you know, I, I I take it serious. I don't think everybody. Everybody does. I think most do. Uh, but you know, when you get to, when you get to see how many people voted for what, yeah, you know, some people don't take it serious. When you Vanderbilt's got eight first place votes, and that's not a shot at Vanderbilt. I mean, by the way, I just think it, some realism probably needs to come into this a little bit. That is not realistic whatsoever. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, off my soapbox a little bit. <laughs> uh, let's go to the West. Let's go to the West, and Alabama leads the way. Now, I was wondering about this one. LSU is getting a lot of love, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. I, I would go Alabama, personally. I think I said that a couple of weeks ago when Will and I were together going over to preseason magazines, but I do think it's a legit conversation to have. If you pick LSU first, I have no problem with it whatsoever. I think you can make a legit case for what they were able to do last year, second year in Brian Kelly, returning quarterback with Jaden Daniels, Harold Perkins on defense. If you want to put all that together and say, that's why I'm picking in over Alabama, absolutely go right ahead. I have no issue with anybody picking LSU over Alabama right now. But Alabama, for me, I still go Nick Saban. I still go GOAT. I still think uh, a lot of questions surrounding this Alabama team when sometimes that may be when he excels, maybe overthinking it a bit too much. And I still think we need to see more. We still need to see more of a trend of Alabama maybe losing its luster a little bit. You know, I'll put that in quotations because, you know, they're still winning double-digit games uh, out there. But, you know, I still need to see probably a couple of years of that before I'm ready to say LSU is ready to supplant them. I can't say that yet uh, there. So I, I think Alabama, they'll kind of change their formula a little bit. I think they'll lean on the run game. I think they'll lean on the running backs a little bit more this year. Uh, I think that will help their defense in, in turn uh, with that. Uh, and I think, I think Nick Saban 
figures it out. Now, the coordinator changes going on there, I think, is a big question mark as well. But I, I, I think I can talk myself into LSU, as you heard me say the last few minutes. I just go back to Nick Saban. I think Nick Saban's that kind of tiebreaker personally for me. When I think Alabama and LSU are this close right now, Nick Saban's the, the tiebreaker for me. So uh, I will get it a, a little, another sample size this year. And if Brian Kelly goes out there and beats him again in year two, or if LSU wins the West again, you know, then I think we can start going into each and every season asking ourselves the question even more, is it Alabama or LSU? And we'll see if somebody else sneaks into that. But right now, SEC media going with Alabama, 165 first-place votes for the SEC West. LSU with 117 in the second, in the second spot. Texas A&M got one first place vote. They're predicted to finish third. Ole Miss fourth, Arkansas fifth, Auburn sixth, Mississippi State seventh. But I mean, there you go. A&M got one first place vote. Okay, you know, given their talent, if you somebody out there wants to do it, okay. Um, Arkansas got three first place votes. I don't understand it. Auburn four first place votes. I mean, come on. Mississippi State even got one. I mean, that that's just what I. I, I there's, you can't, even if it's just one first place vote for Mississippi State, who is that? What's that one person thinking? Four for Auburn. What four people out there legitimately think Auburn is going to win the SEC West? Hugh Freeze's first year, all the changes going on there, a roster nowhere near Alabama, LSU, Texas AM. I know surprises happen. Are you really going to be the one to predict that surprise, though? Just besides the fact that you just wanted to be different? Just wanted to do so. I mean, I, so I just, uh, I guess I got to go back on my soapbox a little bit, but that was that was for the SEC West. <laughs> so, you know, I don't really question a lot of people out there. Uh, I think a, a lot everybody's entitled to their opinion. I don't think these are really opinions. I just think it's um, for a lot of trying to be different, not trying to be the same as everybody else. But I don't think if you told those four people who picked Auburn or those eight people to go put their hard-earned money in Vegas for Vanderbilt to go win the East or Auburn to go win the West, I don't think they do it. They're not doing it. They're not putting their money. They, they can easily turn in a ballot to say that, but I think if you tell them to take some money and go to Vegas and say, oh, you really believe this? You really believe Vanderbilt is going to go win the SEC East? Go put some money on it in Vegas. They're not doing it. They're not doing it whatsoever. So that's what that's where I'd put my vote. How would I if I had to take my money and and had to now? I had no choice to say, all right, where are you putting your money to go try and win some money back or not lose money? Okay, I'm putting it on Georgia in the east and I'm putting it on Alabama in the west. Those eight people who did Vanderbilt, they're not doing that. They're not doing that whatsoever. So that's where I go a little bit with that. I just uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll move on from that. Uh, let's go to it. SEC champion. You know, this is a separate part of the ballot when you when you fill it out there. So uh, Georgia getting the the love there. Uh, 181 points uh, total from the SEC media. Alabama came in second with 62. LSU 31. Tennessee five points. And that's what I'm saying. Vanderbilt got five points, people, uh, for for winning the entire SEC. Tied with Tennessee. Fifth best. Predicted odds, if you will. Come on. Uh, Arkansas with two, Auburn with two, Texas A&M one, Mississippi State one, South Carolina one. There you go. So that's how that broke out for for, for the uh, entire SEC. Georgia leading the wave, followed by Alabama, LSU, and Tennessee. No, no, no surprise there. 
honestly. That's kind of what we uh, predicted, kind of what we all knew going along uh, with that one. So, all right, let's go to um, All-SEC. And not a lot of love for the Gators. Three total for the Gators. Three total. Uh, I'll just go through the list. I didn't, didn't make a graphic for this on the YouTube version, so you just have to follow along with me here. Uh, first team offense for the SEC quarterback, Jaden Daniels. There you go. Uh, for LSU, no, no surprise. Uh, Judkins, the running back from Ole Miss. Raheem Sanders from Arkansas, your two running backs. Malik Neighbors, LSU wide receiver. No, uh, no qualms there. Ladin McConkie from Georgia, no qualms there. Tight end Brock Bowers at Georgia as well, no, no issue. Uh, offensive lineman, J.C. Latham from Bama. Marius Mims from Georgia. Tate Ratledge, Georgia. Will Campbell, LSU. Uh, and at center, Cedric Van Pran uh, from Georgia. So Georgia with one, two, three, four, five first-teamers on offense. Let's go to defense right here. KJ oh, – no, we'll stay offense. Stay offense. My bad. Uh, let's stay offense. Second team offense for the SEC, KJ Jefferson. I, I thought it was going to be between KJ Jefferson and Jaden Daniels uh, right here for the uh, quarterback spots there. So Jaden Daniels gets the first team nod. KJ Jefferson gets the second team nod. Uh, there are just some highlights. Uh, Kendall Milton running back for Georgia. Uh, South Carolina wide receiver Antoine Wells, uh, a second team wide receiver uh, to go along with a tie for Brew McCoy and Jacory Brooks there for Tennessee and Alabama. And that's kind of the highlights there. Third team. Let's go to third team offense. Joe Milton, Tennessee quarterback. Will Rogers. They both tie for third team. Uh, you, I think you could have made a case for Will Rogers just because of the stats he's going to put up. Now, I don't think you should necessarily be penalized for being a quote-unquote system quarterback. Uh, that was what, that's what Mississippi State is. Uh, most, most are. Uh, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there. There are system quarterbacks. Uh, but Milton, Will Rogers, 13 quarterbacks there. Uh, Jacquez Hunter running back for Auburn, and now your first Gator. You get your first Gator, and Trevor Etienne is a third-team running back in his sophomore season. Great freshman season for Trevor Etienne. He gets noticed here by the SEC media. It is named a third-team running back right here. Now I think you could have went Montreal Johnson as well. <laughs> I would have had no no issue with that. I think maybe both of them should have been. If I think if you go second-team, third-team, or maybe both get third team. Uh, I was afraid they might eat into each other's votes and neither one of them get recognized. I'm glad one of them does here. Uh, I think they both should be on here somehow, some way, but I think by the end of the season, we'll, we'll, we'll get that. Um, but certainly no issue, ETM being third team. Uh, like I, said, I thought one of them would be. Uh, and certainly glad that they didn't kind of eat into each other's votes and kind of cannibalize each other uh, and neither one of them be uh, recognized for what I think there's, there is going to be a pretty good season there for the Florida running backs. Uh, Anaya Smith, Texas A&M wide receiver. Jermaine Burton to transfer from Georgia in his second year at Alabama. He's a 13 wide receiver. Um, there you go. Uh, there's your highlights from the third team. Trevor Etienne, third team running back for SEC offenses. Uh, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I'll, go th- I'll go through the first team all. Let's see. Uh, Wingo from LSU. Michael Williams from Georgia, Mason Smith, another LSU <laughs> defensive lineman, uh, Nazir Stackhouse, a defensive lineman for Georgia. Let's go to linebacker, Dallas Turner at Alabama, no surprise. Harold Perkins at LSU, no surprise, much like Trevor Etienne in his second season, but 
he's first team <laughs> and really, I mean, one of the best freshman seasons from a defensive player we have seen. So wish he would have been an orange and blue. <laughs> so Harold Perkins out there, first team linebacker uh, at LSU. Uh, Demos Johnson from Georgia, another linebacker. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, McKinstry from Alabama is a DB. Uh, Georgia Starks, Lassiter, Bullard. Three defensive backs for Georgia. No surprise uh, when you look at that. So the first team defense. Of course, we know what Georgia has done the last couple of years on defense, and they put one, two, three, four, five, six first team defenders on the all SEC team. Let's go to second team. Um, Jaheim Otis from Alabama, McKinley Jackson, Texas A&M. Uh, a couple of defensive linemen there. Smile Munden from Georgia, the linebacker. Uh, Tyron Hopper right there from Missouri. Uh, another year from him. He's right there at the linebacker spot. No surprise. Um, really good season last year. He's going to continue that for one more season. I don't know if you knew he was still there, <laughs> but he's going to be one more year at Missouri uh, getting second team recognition uh, right there. Uh, and then let's go to third team where the Gators have a couple, a couple of defenders right here on the all-SEC third team. First listed is Prince Uman Miela, defensive lineman there for the now. They have him as a defensive lineman. As we know, he is getting shifted to the quote-unquote edge outside linebacker defensive, you know, however you want to kind of label that. Uh, but he's labeled as a defensive lineman here on the third team all-SEC. First Gator to be mentioned right here on the defensive side of the ball. You have to wait to all the way to third team defense right here to get your first Gator. Speaking of Princely, he'll be on Gators Breakdown next week. We recorded that interview this week, uh, but I did not want that to get buried under SEC Media Days out of respect for Princely. Uh, so we'll save that for next week uh, right here on Gators Breakdown. Really good interview uh, with Princely. We go, we go all kinds of ways uh, with the interview. So a lot of fun with him. Uh, so shameless plug, he will be on Gators Breakdown uh, next week. Uh, keep going. Tim Smith, defensive lineman from Alabama. Uh, J.J. Weaver, linebacker from Kentucky. Major Burns, defensive back from LSU. One more Gator, though, to end it right here. Jason Marshall is a third-team defensive back, cornerback for the Gators, getting listed right here on third team. I thought he would probably sneak up the second team. Um, he's got that reputation out there a year or two under Corey Raymond. Uh, look, I know go back to the last episode when he was at SEC Media Days. We'll talk about Jason Marshall a little bit. He even admitted wants to get better in zone coverage, cover three looks. Uh, excels in man-to-man coverage. I'm excited and intrigued to see what Corey Raymond dials up, Austin Armstrong dials up to you know, maybe get him in some more man situations to develop him as a more uh, zone DB, learn that side of the game as well, even more. So excited to see Jason Marshall. I thought he would be second team. Uh, I'll take third team just because of the reputation of Florida's defense right now and uh, you know, a couple players being listed. Uh, they should. Don't get me wrong. You should not be penalized because the defense has been bad. The entire defense has been bad. There's some bright spots on defense. I think Princely is one of them. Jason Marshall's another one as well. I think by season's end, we'll probably see. I think we'll see a couple more, maybe even up front. Now, don't get me wrong with what George has been able to do uh, the last few years. What LSU's been able. I mean, LSU's got one, two, three first teamers. They're all in the front seven. Uh, there, but I do think you know we could see Cam Jackson there for the Gators, uh, maybe you know, sneak sneak through and be a um, first, second, or third team All SEC postseason selection. So um, you know, going into the season, not a whole lot of love for Florida. Trevor Etienne on the offense, third team, and then two third teamers on the defense as well, in Princely and Jason Marshall. So 
I think you look at it that way, go back, go back to the episode earlier this week, and you kind of got the message from Florida. They were disrespected, a little overlooked. They don't mind playing that game, and it played out. It played out that way. So I think you know there's plenty to look at in, in being selected fifth in the SEC East and then only three players selected all SEC and then all being third-teamers. That was going to be the message this week. It played out that way. So if, if, I don't believe in it too much in certain situations, yes, but if they need the bulletin board material, if they feel the need to go out there and play – disrespected, then okay, go do it. Whatever it takes to break through uh, for this Gator team. If this is part of it, then so be it. Uh, so big, uh, big wrap-up. Big wrap-up right there from SEC Media Days. And not a lot of love. Not a lot of love for our Florida Gators. Hopefully they bucked a trend. Hopefully, I, I will say, um, you know, since I did not, since I was not in Nashville, I did not do my ballot. I'll probably save it closer to the season. I will not have Florida fifth. I will have Florida higher than that. Um, you know, probably in that fourth range, you know, probably to, you know, tease a little bit. I'll probably have Florida fourth in the SEC East. Uh, there's still a couple of weeks to maybe not a lot's going to change. You know, fall camp's not really going to change my mind, but probably right, right around, uh, I'm, I'm having a hard time, you know, talk, talking myself out of Florida in, in, in third in, in the SEC East. I, I, I go back and forth. I ping pong between third or fourth uh, in the SEC East. So look, I'm not, I'm not going to be the one picking Florida. To win the SEC East, I don't even see, I don't even see Florida second in the SEC East right now. But anywhere third to fifth, you know, I think that's what we thought would happen, uh, and I think you can make a case. I think you can make a case for it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Matthew Walker brings up a good point. I'm more concerned about which Gators land on all freshman SEC team. This could give an idea of how the 2023 class can turn out. Yeah, what was it last year? Trevor Etienne, Shamar James. Uh, I'm trying to remember. If, let me see if I'll go. Let me go back and look. Was Chris McClellan named or not? Let's see. Uh, all SEC uh, 2022 season. Uh, let's see. Okay, there we go. Hopefully, this won't take me too long to figure out. But I mean, that would be a good barometer, right? I mean, we know ETN. We know Shamar James. Um, is the all freshman on here? I maybe skip that part. Oops, let's see. Yep, not in this one. All SEC. Here we go. Sorry, guys, but I think it's a pretty interesting part. All SEC freshman team. Here we go. Trevor Etienne at running back. Of course, uh, Shamar James at linebacker. He was one, yeah, and that was it. That was it. I was wondering, I couldn't remember if Chris McClellan was on that list or not, but there, two last year. Uh, Trevor Etienne was able to translate that into an all preseason this year. But you, you're right. It is, a, I think, a good indication. Um, now, I think for Etienne last year, he was a running back. You know, Trayon Webb's not going to hit the running back, I, I don't think, unless something goes wrong and somebody goes down in front of him. Uh, that opportunity is not going to be there this year. But we all are looking at the wide receiver position, right? Gene, Wilson, Mizell, one of those guys, maybe two of those, I think two stretching it. But one guy, can one guy go get on that all-freshman team by the end of the season? I think so. I think so. I think opportunity is going to be there. Uh, Najee Harris along the offensive line, we, all the spring love that we heard from him, now spring game notwithstanding. 
you know, different kind of situations, but we heard some good things. Now, Micah Mazuka should be on track to, to get some play in time. But I think Najee Harris, as long, if he's proven that he can go out there, he'll get some opportunity. He may be a freshman offensive lineman that we could, that we could see. Uh, defense, a Kelby Collins, a TJ Searcy maybe, a Jakeem Jackson on the defensive back. Now, of course, you know, play in time is a lot of that. And look, it's hard to make if, – if, if some freshmen aren't getting play in time, it could be a blessing in disguise for Florida because it could mean the – you hope they're ready, but it also could mean that the upperclassmen are performing and the upperclassmen are doing what they're supposed to do to stay out on the field. And maybe the, but I, there's a couple in, in the secondary, there's plenty of opportunity at wide receiver. There's plenty of opportunity for an all freshman performance, I think. So, yeah, good point there. Good point, Matthew. I think uh, it will be a good barometer um, of maybe what you could see. Uh, Matthew Colbert says preseason rankings are mostly about one. Did you finish strong the year before? Yeah, we know Florida did not. And right, recency bias will probably play into it. And yeah, it goes back to the last episode too, right? Uh, when I said, hey, November was supposed to be hot for Florida. Uh, and you started 2-0. You had some opportunities to win some games and then Vanderbilt, FSU, Oregon State happens. All right, that's recency bias. Well, I don't know bias, but you know, it's, that, that's, what's in, that's what's in people's mind right now. Uh, and that's what people are going to think about Florida. Uh, and not a lot of love there, but you're right. I mean, even even the win, ver- even squeak out the win versus Vanderbilt, you probably get a little more love this season. Uh, but yeah, and as you said, is your quarterback returning? Florida has neither. You're right. A bad end the last season, and and a, and a new quarterback and a very young team in 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 some key spots. So yeah, I mean, you, you can see why the media thinks the way they do. I'm not saying anything about media picking Florida fifth. I, I I'm not. I, I I, I hope the team goes out there and proves them wrong. I, but I do not blame anybody for placing Florida where they placed them. I, I, I don't. Let's see. Montreal Hall, we are beating Tennessee and Kentucky this year. We're finishing at least second. Hope you're right, man. I certainly, certainly hope you're right. I hope we, I hope we are here every week talking about some big wins for the Gators. Uh, and shoving these preseason expectations and preseason predictions off to the side, or maybe even having a maybe even having a fun joke <laughs> at, at the expense of it. Let's see. I'll go through some more. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Armand Jones says, "If we win the games against the teams with as good or worse talent as us, we'll be an eight-win team. It is literally that simple." Whether we do that or not remains to be seen, but it is that simple. Completely agree. Completely agree. In year two, great. I, I know there, there are some questions on this team, but in year two, you know, the, the development should be further along. The culture should be further along. Coaches know the players better. Players know the coaches better. There's a better um, – uh, to tie all that in together, I think it makes it where, okay, that does not give me enough to go out there and beat Georgia. Probably go on the road at LSU and, and struggle, but you know, Florida LSU just a close series, close series lately. You you can you can win that game. Would I necessarily predict Florida to win that game? No, but can they win it? Yes, they can win that game. But at the same time, well, what we saw last year, they can also lose to Vanderbilt. They can also play a close game against Missouri and maybe find a way to lose that game. But there's all you know, there's some close one score games that are going to be in the cards this year. And they're going to be against those teams that are, uh, you know, just below you in talent level, right at you at talent level. And, I, and, I, and I'm throwing in not just recruiting rankings, but developed talent, experienced talent. You know, that makes up where 
you know, at Missouri and South Carolina and Tennessee and Kentucky. You know, those those four teams right there, those are the teams we're kind of looking at right below Florida, right at Florida, uh, right there in that range. Okay, those are the games you need to win. You know, I'm not saying you go win Aaron win all of them. It's hard to predict a season. It's not just as simple as say, all right, well, we're not as good as Georgia and LSU. That's the games we'll lose. FSU's a good team this year. That should be a knockdown drag out type of game. You know, we have more talent than possibly Tennessee. You know, I think that one's pretty, pretty close, but more talent than Kentucky as far as recruiting rankings go. That's not throwing in development and experience that they that they are known for the last few years. South Carolina's got experienced quarterback. You know, there's there, there's you you can see where you know you start maybe evening the teams out a little bit. But at that point, you know, I think going through the season, it's not as easy to predict as uh, well, we're even here, we should win that game. The season can play out where there might be an upset. Florida beat Utah last year and then goes on to lose versus a Vanderbilt and struggle versus a USF. So it's not, you know, set in stone just but you know, just because of perceived talent, perceived experience, perceived development. Each game has its own storyline. When you get inside those three and a half hours on the field, there's going to be important decisions to be made on the field, on the sideline. Now, those are going to be the difference makers. Not just looking at, okay, well, we should win this game because of this, and we should win that game because of that. We shouldn't win this game because of this. I mean, there's upsets happen. Now, it, it, that's not to say the season can't go as predicted. I mean, there, there, I think there's a legit shot. You can say 10-2, and two, and Florida only loses to Georgia and LSU. 9-3 and three if you throw FSU in there because of how good maybe they are supposed to be. And then you win every other game just because you should be better in some angles than Kentucky and Vanderbilt and Missouri, Arkansas, Utah. But it's not that easy all the time. Now, year ones can be weird. I said that many times last year. But in year two, I think, you know, you can start to get some of the weirdness out of it. You can maybe start predicting some things that should happen based on certain parameters. But that's why we love this sport. It does, you, you can't write the story going in many a times. But you're right. I think a, a, a step for progress and to beat these odds that the media has laid out there for Florida, win the games with, the, as you're saying, the talent that as good or worse than Florida, you got you to you win a lot of those games. You got to win a lot of those games to, I think, show, start showing some steps. All right, some good comments, guys. Colin says, South Carolina at three, maybe a rollover from the last two games last year. They got hammered at UF last year. We should have a much improved defense as well on paper. I mean, that's one of the, I said it last, last episode, that was just one of the weirdest situations for me I've ever seen in college football. It's as, as closely as I follow something. Florida beats the brakes off of South Carolina. Beats the brakes off of them. You guys will know it. And we thought this team was turning a corner. And then peaks and valleys, the roller coaster. Florida goes on to lose to Vanderbilt. South Carolina goes on to beat Tennessee and Clemson to end the year. Nobody in their right mind would have ever predicted the night Florida pounds South Carolina. That that was what the next couple of weeks were going to hold. As I, Kind of just going back to the previous comment and, and, and spill there. You can't predict these things sometimes. So it's just it's it's so weird. 
Um, so yeah, at Colin, I can see, yeah, maybe it is a rollover for South Carolina getting those two big wins at the end of the year. Spencer Rattler coming back, year three in Shane Beamer and his culture that he's been look, the culture is better there. Can it be perceived as a little goofy at times? Yeah, but you know, if it's your coach, you love it. If you if it's not your coach, you kind of think it's goofy. <laughs> so um but there, 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 there are some reasons, I think, to, to point to Columbia and, and what they're doing there of maybe why you pick them third um, there. So uh, I wouldn't – it's tough. South Carolina, Kentucky, Florida, that little trio right there is it, tough. Now, I think as years go by, it shouldn't be as tough. Uh, if the recruiting is going the right way and, and Billy Napier proves that he's the guy on the sideline, I think you, we, Florida starts separating themselves from, the, from those teams a little bit. But don't get me wrong. Those teams are better than what they have been. It's not the same South Carolina. It's not the same Kentucky. But if Florida is Florida, you are better than those teams. And you should be better than those teams. But that will take some time to kind of separate where, where we are right now in that, uh, in that kind of triumvirate of teams. All right. That's some good stuff, guys. Good stuff. Good stuff. Some good conversation on Twitter. If you want to go on Twitter and kind of react to, um, you know, the the post there of all SEC and the, the, the order of finish and all that good stuff. So some really, really good stuff. Gators Breakdown Plus, Twitter, right here in the YouTube comments. You can leave them. Thanks, guys, for hopping in live and kind of carrying toward the end of this episode. Uh, hit that like button one more time. That really, really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. And, hey, hope you enjoyed all the SEC Media Day coverage this week. Uh, it kind of, as we said, we know it's kind of just the unofficial start of football season. We get to start, start talking more football uh, as the, you know, we're just not that far away. About 10 days as we record this from the Gators hitting the practice field to get ready for Utah and the rest of the season in game one. Everybody, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown. You can follow me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown.